Influencers for Good is a new ethical news platform dedicated to featuring incredible people doing incredible things for the planet according to five thematic pillars people, planet, products, purpose, ideas, and solutions. It is time to bring followers to what matters most our planet and the good people working hard to protect it. A lot of the people and ideas featured on our platform and podcast don't have millions of followers, but they should. The problem is that they're too busy working really hard, and we are here to give them a lift up with your help. So don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share when you like our work. Welcome back to Influences for Good. Today, all the way from the US, from Boston area, we have Terry Dankovich, who, um, whom I've met a bunch of years ago, like many of the people that I'm inviting to these interesting conversations. Actually, with Terry, it was... Um, in Ciudad de las Ideas in Mexico, I believe, 2014, roughly. Yeah. And this was just, uh, literally was um, a chance encounter because when I met her there, she was on my people I need to reach out to list because her fantastic mm. uh, project, uh, Folia Water, um, had just been circling around the internet in this really interesting video. So before I go ahead and spoil it all for you, hi, Terry, welcome. <laughs> Hello. Thanks. It's good to be here. <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit, just in, in a few words, um, what do you do? Um, how do you define yourself? Who are you? Who am I? Okay. Well, <laughs> so the story goes, um, I am a co-founder of a startup called originally Folia Water, and we've since changed our name to Folia Materials, but it's basically the same um, core team. Um, yeah, so we make basically a antimicrobial water filter is how we started the company. And this originally came out of my PhD from McGill University many, many years ago now. <laughs> um, and yeah, so since, since we started the company, we've done a whole lot of different things, but we're, what we're focusing on today with the water filter is, uh, selling it as a 20 cents water filter in uh, parts of Bangladesh to like working class consumers. So let's go back a second to your university doing your PhD, PhD yeah. in what uh, chemistry, chemistry. In chemistry. And was the, was this research already there from the start as a vision or how did you stumble with all the problems that there are to solve? How did you think that, you know, water filtration and clear you know um, yeah safe water was a really good place for you to focus on how did that come about yeah so let's set the time in place this was um back in the mid 2000s so a little while ago um it was right after like the un millennium development goals came out which is like now kind of replaced by the un sustainable development goals but you know they they have similar um, similar objectives, things yeah. in them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one of them was like reduce, like the kind of problems with waterborne disease, um, which has been getting better, but there's still work to be done. Um, and so I was motivated by the, like being part of that, but I was also working on this project that was looking at adding, um, essentially different sorts of chemistry to paper materials to, you know, use them in new applications where paper maybe is not commonly used. 
So my particular topic was making antimicrobial paper. And I looked at it as a simple, like, kind of water filter that, that you just pour water with bacteria through it and test it to see if it can kill bacteria as basically the kind of proof of concept work during my PhD. And obviously that worked. So I kept on kind of going further and seeing like, oh, well, what does it take to, you know, make not just a little paper at the bench scale, but big paper, like rolls of paper. <laughs> and then like, how do you make it into a product that, and how do you market the product and all these sorts of things so that we looked at, you know, obviously following my PhD. <laughs> so um, how long, how long did it take you for you to go from that? Oh, maybe I can use paper, which is so commonly available as, as a mechanism to deliver something bigger mm -hmm. to, Oh, I have a product now. What, what yeah, was the length of the journey there? As several years. <laughs> 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 my my first objectives were like making sure that it was functionally doing what it needed to do. I was not going to bother to like make it into a real product if it couldn't perform, right? So right. I, I checked the performance boxes, which is like, so how long can it work as a water filter? Like how many liters of water? Right. Um, How what, long did it take to demonstrate that and to test it and yeah. to be 100 percent sure? What was that part yeah, of the journey? That was years, three years. A few years because I also did some like kind of customer engagement work at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we went to like different parts of Africa and Central America right. and Asia. You had to test to, it like, on the field, of course, not just yeah, in the lab. So in yeah. the lab is one thing, but then you had to take it to yeah. the actual water that is contaminated and it's different yeah. in every location. Yeah, yeah. And, and did you see, have like, different results in different areas or it was pretty much always well, a success? It, it worked pretty well in most places, but there were different challenges. Like some areas have really like a lot of um, dirt in the water, like we'd call it turbidity, but <laughs> and that may not be a term everyone uses. Um, and that can like be a challenge for a water filter, you know. Um, so there's different things that like we kind of learned from doing the field work where you know you have tests in the lab that you can simulate these things but it's different to actually see the problems um, so when firsthand. you when you're developing a, um, a solution like this one what were your benchmarks against us so no one else was doing anything with paper or you had something on paper that was not working while you were improving upon uh, what was the competition well, at that point when you started? Yeah. So there, there's like basically the competition. I'll start with that. Um, there's at the time when I was starting, there's, there was a couple really affordable things. They're usually like chlorine tablets or there's a PNG purifier of water, which is another kind of like a one time or a limited use product, let's call it. Um, so those are the, and obviously bottled water is a competitor. Um, it's, it skips the having to filter <laughs> it. Stuff, the okay but, scenario, right? Yeah. But there is, there, there are a lot of people who buy bottled water. Um, right. that, um, so yeah, there's kind of that. And then there's the more durable water filters that'll last for like six months to a year that are typically at a higher price point, but you know, still fall within the competition. Um, so that was, and it's, I mean, that was true when we started and it's still true now. Those that That's kind of like the spectrum of mm. different technologies and products out there. Um, so your goal and, was to create something that was 
um, at a more competitive price point and yeah. more widely available, but also durable or, or well, as durable not, as... Not exactly durable. Okay. <laughs> more like a consumer goods water mm. filter. So you okay. use it for like a few days to a week and then you replace the filter. So the but idea affordable is, enough that you can keep replacing and it yeah, just doesn't break exactly. Down. Yeah, more like how you think about buying soap than mm-hmm. buying I don't know uh, refrigerator, right? Because the yep. price point for the durable ones are more like appliances. For so at this um, point, you're doing all this test. You're out in the field. You've created something that it's proven even out in the field that can work. You're still in your PhD, mm-hmm. though, so you're still well, like my my not, not entirely still in my PhD at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the PhD was finished, completed, and yeah. you were so your decision had been made that this was really uh, turn it into a company and turn it into a product, put it into yeah. people's hands, go out with this as a as an actual startups. Yeah. yeah, I had done a couple postdocs after my PhD, which is just additional research at different universities. And they were, the first one was on like taking this to the field in South Africa. Um, And then the second one was looking at some of the uh, um, environmental implications of the technology, um, which was a little bit more, uh, also important, but a little bit less direct to product development. so uh, during that time was when we started to like form the company. It was kind of working two jobs. <laughs> and now instead you get to work four because you have. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> instead but of it, two. <laughs> yeah. So I remember when I met you. Uh, so the product had been released. It was polio water and it was a book, which was yeah. uh, kind of very catchy and interesting to come across because it was such a different way to look at at it as a, yeah. as a creative uh, perspective. So you want to tell us a little bit about why the book, how did the idea come across? What, what is this for? Yeah, sure. Book? Um, so the book uh, was a collaboration between myself, um, a nonprofit, water-related nonprofit called Water is Life. And then also it was the whole kind of video concept around the book was designed by an ad agency, DDB, in New York. And that collaboration, like, kind of came together over a few months, and we made, honestly, not that many books. It was more of, like, kind of a proof of concept to then perhaps scale up. But we decided to just um, scale up the filter paper but package it differently once, you know, once it was made into a product. The right. But the book did catch a lot of people's attention, and it did get us, like, kind of off the ground as a company where we may have been like, well, that's nice and kind of set it aside if we didn't like <laughs> get right. that initial like push from of interest. So did the attention bring some funding, bring some additional support? Yeah. So th- yeah, it was and new partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. was a good way to like get people engaged. For what sure. was not functional about that as an idea for scaling? Was it that the pa- the package was too expensive? Was that not costly enough for um, yeah for distribution, it, it, or the fact that people wouldn't buy like necessarily the book of so many filters in advance and would rather buy filters yeah. as you need them? Yeah, it it kind of lost the benefit of being a consumer good product mm-hmm. <laughs> because right. I mean here you might go to Costco and buy a big pack of something, but that's not as typical in the markets we're looking at. So yeah. it wasn't you know going to be a a good 
kind of a longer, or like a good way to get started with our target market, I should say. Um, but it, it, um, you know, did get us to ask a lot of important questions about how, well, how do we scale this up <laughs> and like get that stuff going. And, and like at the time we hadn't quite finalized even our filter design. So it also like kind of made us ask more of those sort of productization questions too. Can we go a little bit into details um, without being overly scientific for the non-scientific? Sure, I'll, I'll try not to be. Into, <laughs> try. What, what, what is this paper and how? what is the composition? What does it make it so functional yeah. and how long does it last? And a little bit sure, more sure. of the, those details. Yeah, well, it, it's basically just a, a, a thick paper that's like made for filtering water. So it, you know, it has certain like kind of product specs related to, oh, this is going to be used as a water filter. So it's not like too dense and it's not too um, open if that makes sense like the, the fibers aren't too packed together or or too so open that like all the water runs through immediately and it doesn't have time for the active ingredient to work so it's and we basically apply um some chemicals to it that are antimicrobial and those are like bound to the fiber surfaces so they don't go into the water but they stay right on the paper um, so it, it, we, it, we picked it to be a certain size, um, that is actually kind of similar to your pour over coffee funnel size, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's not too big, not too small. So it has like a reasonable flow rate through it, but it, and we also designed, um, kind of a lid so you can put a bottle of like water it's like a soda bottle or a larger bottle on top of it and you can it'll just drain on its own so you don't have to like keep pouring like a little bit of water in every yeah. few minutes <laughs> a smart so, system. yeah so we have that kind of funnel design that goes along with it that you know people only need to really buy one time because it, that part is gonna last for a while because it's just you know durable plastic um <laughs> but right. it you know so we kind of designed this whole system to be how to use it um and uh it uh lasts for i think around 20 liters we're exploring a little bit longer than that for that like depends on how big the household is that could be used up in a couple of days or a week you know something right. in that range so and what is, can we compare, like, what is the price point? Um, so right now, first of all, where are you selling this right now? Because you're focusing yeah. specifically in one country at the moment where you've been doing most of the work. Yeah. Well, we're selling it at 20 cents per filter paper. So it's like you put it at like a cent per liter. So, um, and that's often how water filters are priced at. <laughs> and so there's some that are like, and those are typically the durable ones that end up being less per liter but you have a higher upfront cost and of course you have to also your filter element of that is going to be more expensive to replace um but you know it's pretty comparable to like it's cheaper than bottled water well single little bottled waters <laughs> like if you buy a big jug i, I don't right. remember the cost of big jugs but they vary from place to place also how much those things cost um so it, it, it's priced kind of to be uh, competitive, right, in the space that it's in. And so you said initially you went around, you did some tests, you were in Africa, but then you ended up actually starting uh, the project on the ground in Bangladesh first. Yeah. Um, so what what was the main reason for choosing 
um, this country yeah. as opposed to being in Africa? And uh, mm -hmm. how is it going? If you want to tell us a little bit more about how is the process yeah. now? I mean, so we started like just honestly, like we went to, I would say seven or eight different countries and some of them, the, you know, people have different opinions, obviously. Some of them, people were very much like, uh, you know, I'm really just going to buy my bottled water. Like that was what we got from Mexico, for example. <laughs> like they were interested, but they also were like, you know, like, but I already buy bottled water and it, you know, kind of like, I, Do you think I don't, it's because yeah. they feel safer, they don't trust it or just because yeah, buying bottled water got... means they also are economically in a better place? I guess. Yeah, well, they have different levels of bottled water. So in, in the US and most, um, you know, developed countries, you get just the cleanest water. But I mean, there's still, <laughs> there can still be some contamination of debate. bottled water. Yeah, but that's a different topic. Um, but they're in a lot of developing countries, there's these little Monpa water filtration shops that you can take your like 20 liter jug and get it refilled. And so that's often, you know, obviously much cheaper than buying like it from a, you know, name brand um, mm -hmm. company, but it has, you know, variable quality to it. So it could be contaminated or maybe it's fine, but, it, you know, no one's testing it regularly. Yeah. It's almost like and water there's... that you should pass through your filter anyway, just to be on the safer side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it, it would be like not unreasonable to do that, but. So, but people are like kind of pinned to certain things. So certain places, people really like using that, even if, you know, we might be able to like show them like, oh, that's maybe not the healthiest water, but you know, it's, you know, you want to go somewhere where you think that it has a better shot of, you know, get in customers to try it out and adopt the technology or product, I should say. Um, and so how, how did the choice of Bangladesh happen? It was just very yeah. well received from the get-go or? Connection. Well, we did um, back in 2015, a, um, a bunch of focus groups in a couple different parts of the country with IDE in Bangladesh. Um, that's like International Development Enterprises. And they're a nonprofit that's in several countries. Um, and so with that, we basically got to see, you know, we tested like different designs and got people's feedback on the designs and like kind of focus groups and different villages and like um and basically we saw that people were definitely taking it seriously and were very interested in it helping them and there's all sorts of questions that came up of course like does it make my rice not black and i was like how does rice get to be black <laughs> you know like <laughs> and apparently it's with ex excess iron in your water it, you can when you cook with it it can make rice black but um, yeah, I was, so there was a lot of things I learned and, and not everybody like embraced the idea. There was definitely people that were like, oh, uh, we don't need this. And you know, like, okay. <laughs> so, but you know, there, there was a good discussion from all of that. And I felt like, okay, there's some, there's some promise here. This could work. And later on, like a couple of years later, we got a grant from actually Unilever and the UK, um, development for our department for international development um it was like co-sponsored to do work on a water related project in bangladesh um like an innovation project so that 
was kind of like, oh, well, we got this now, and it's specific to Bangladesh. And so that was what kind of led Open us to. Doors. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, like, we've had a couple other grants from other water NGO type groups and have, you know, gotten some investment and things like that to grow it. And, but yeah, we started the business, well, the water filter sales and marketing business over there. So since 2015, from the focus group to today, can you yeah. share some of the successes and the challenges into bringing the product <laughs> into the actual hands of the consumer? Yeah. And how is that? Going? Yeah. So, so some of the successes, um, I guess, well, I don't, I don't have all of the sales data, but as of a few months ago, we had sold about 80,000 of the filter papers. So we have some reasonable level of sales. I mean, we didn't really start the sales until 2020. And obviously that had some hiccups that year. <laughs> yeah, so, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so that's, that's kind of where, where we're at. I mean, it's probably more than that now, but, um, and we've had a lot of, uh, so we started the sales with like going to like door to door saleswomen to, you know, educate people on the product and what it is, how it works and a little bit more hands-on, um, high touch sales. And we've been like doing more sales to retailers lately. So it's, you know, there might be demos, but it's not the same level of like involvement as, um, the early sales. So. Um, and like the, you know, w where we are now with like the product is like, we have certain improvements we've been making along the way and we still have some stuff that we'd like to do. Um, we always get like customers complaining about kind of a lot of the same things and we're like, oh, we have to, you know, everybody wants it to be instantaneous. <laughs> so <laughs> like, yeah, well, what is it that they're not happy about <laughs> that? It's not free, for example. Well, that no, they haven't happen. complained about that it's not free as far as I'm aware. Um, it's more like, you know, you want every, every, everyone wants everything to, you know, the flow rate to be faster and um, everything to be super simple and easy, right? <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, maybe but you might have to pay more for something like that. <laughs> but so people have been, so you're selling it, 80,000 units, people are using it in local stores, local small yeah. shops in villages or focus mostly in Dhaka, where are you, are you spread out or you just yeah. localized no, we're, we're, in some areas? We're more in a few areas. Like, I mean, there's lots of people in Bangladesh. We're in, mm. in I wouldn't say rural, it's more um, not Dhaka, but not like super rural either because they don't have that part of <laughs> in Bangladesh yeah. um so they're like small cities essentially um a couple of them that we've been selling to um and the goal is to reach a certain number of retail shops to be able to like go to like show that we can sell it at that number of shops and have good you know sales data from that to then go to like the next level of having like a master distributor to go more widely in the country with the product. Right. And so now Dhaka, and are you already looking at expanding outside of Dhaka or in other countries? Yeah. Or are you well, mostly focused right now in reaching a critical mass there before you make the move to 
other locations. I'm sure that. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in discussions really already for other countries. Like, you do need to plan these things out, of course, <laughs> and yeah, meet definitely. the right people to be able to do the, you know, work that needs to be done to get started. So, so we're we're in like kind of the early phase of that, where we're talking to people about um, a couple places, a couple countries in Africa, but it's not nothing is you know, finalized at this point. It's more just plans. How does it typically, <laughs> does it typically go um, in, in the process when you go out and look for, like, entering in a new area? Do you find, do you look for a pilot project, like a pilot village, for example, or an institution that will do, like, some demos for you and like, just gather some interest to see, first of all, if the product is viable, or you just go straight with the, hey, can you try and distribute this for us and then wait and see? Yeah, that's... That's a question that I think we're still trying to answer right now <laughs> because it, we try, we, I mean, when you go to your first market, you're figuring out a whole bunch of stuff, but obviously you don't need to do all of that work for the second one. You can pare down what you're like, we already answered that question. We don't need to answer it again, you know? Right. So, so like this particular strategy for, you know, new market entry that we're going to pursue, I'm not entirely sure yet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm like, but you know, it does require like questions like, so part of our manufacturing um, happens in Bangladesh. So we, we make some okay. of the material, we make the material here with our value added chemistry and then we ship it to Bangladesh and they actually make it into the product, like where they cut it and package it and distribute it. So oh, that's interesting. So basically that yeah. part could also be set up in another yeah. country locally. Yeah. To create jobs yeah exactly and also opportunities local opportunities yeah. for jobs and participation that's yeah cool. yeah so we uh, but doing you know it's one thing to start sales somewhere it's another thing to start manufacturing somewhere oh, so com completely different <laughs> completely completely different yes absolutely it's a, yeah it's so i'm just like it kind of depends on i mean i, I would assume we'd want to start with just the sales and we just print out different um packaging obviously um to put it into but like if there is like a stronger push for the sales, then we probably bring over more of the manufacturing. But you know, it's something that we haven't finalized whatsoever. So I'm speaking like kind of in a theoretical way. <laughs> Do you have a specific wish for a country you want to get into first, or you just it doesn't matter whoever accepts, whoever wants to partner, so long as you solve the problem, you don't care. Yeah, you know, it's. It, I think there's a, a big need in a lot of places, and it's. I, I'm just happy that people, you know, are going to be drinking better quality water with hopefully very minimal extra costs for them. That's really cool. So we went from the book. Well, we went from a PhD to the book, <laughs> to a company, to a company that is now set up also in Bangladesh and looking at setting up uh, further productions elsewhere. But in the meantime, as if this was not enough work, you also <laughs> decided to kind of develop other streams from what originally <laughs> Folia Water was. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. how that came about? Yeah. And what is it? Yeah. So um, doing a startup, you end up going to all these different kind of startup accelerator programs um, because you're always looking for new and good connections, whether it's to help you with your business or investment or, you know, peers <laughs> to yeah. commiserate with with all this interesting <laughs> stuff that happens with startups <laughs> um but yeah so one of these uh, programs we were part of which was plug and play which is a 
one of the ones out in Silicon Valley that's expanded all over the place. Um, but they, their um, program is linking like corporates, innovation departments with like startups and different, you know, different, um, all sorts of different um, uh, types of startups. So we were in like the new materials and packaging um, track when we met um, a big food company that like was like, oh, we'd love this for, you know, microwave and frozen food. And we're like, um, okay, like, I don't know, like that's unexpected. <laughs> like, <laughs> Tell us more, like, what is it that we don't know about microwaves yeah, and frozen food? <laughs> yeah, we thought you might want something to do with like water treatment, but maybe air treatment, you know, like air filtration yeah. too. But no, okay, totally different um, application. But so essentially um, it falls under this, like, when you are heating up frozen food in the microwave, there's a lot of like water that comes off and um, that kind of slows the cooking. Um, <laughs> so yep. to make it go faster, if you have something that absorbs the water and like, you know, reflects the microwave energy a bit better, then you'll get a, a better quality food product from mm -hmm. the microwave. And so, you know, I, I wasn't, um, unaware of the microwave as a good heating source. I had actually written a research article during my PhD about using microwave heating for synthesis, um, which is, you know, it's just another form of energy in the spectrum of tools that you can use for a chemist. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, sure. It, you know, this, this thing gets hot in the microwave. Of course it does. <laughs> and then we started to do some like, you know, product testing and they're like oh actually the quality is better huh what's that and so this was that was actually a, a, also a few years ago and since then we've gotten follow-on invest well development grants or in revenue i should say from this company and we're talking about a bigger um opportunity with them at this time and so we spent a lot of time microwaving food and figuring out what's <laughs> better like which food products work better and which ones you're like mm. <laughs> did that require a lot of re-engineering of yeah it, it has it's like it's a completely yeah. new product like that it started from yeah. scratch or, or did it have some other yeah. elements well we have original? some some similarities but it's you, you need certain diff like different requirements of the paper um and we've also looked at different form factors like molded fiber which is getting popular uh, sort of <laughs> i'm like i have some right here like this little oh, this isn't ours material this is just a little molded fiber cup but you'll see like um takeaway food containers um often made of that these days instead of plastic is a you know um more sustainable option um so that's actually what's driving a lot of interest in our technology here is that it is paper-based instead of plastic so you know it could be recycled after after you uh, are done so that has been like cre yeah. it's created a different company so the packaging uh, i don't well we call the company folio materials that for now for the us one and yeah for the exploration yeah and the, the streams we still have a company called folio water global now um and that's the one in bangladesh 
just to be confusing. <laughs> we're like, we were fully water and now fully water is that one. <laughs> so what are you mostly excited about in the things that you're doing with the use of paper yeah. and antimicrobial yeah. properties and packaging? I mean, what is the bigger yeah. vision other than just creating a scalable company? That well, can grow? you know, I think um, I, yeah. I've always had, a, you know, obviously I've been working with the water filter for so many years now and I, I'm still like really like doing that project and I'm it's really great to see how it's gone from just a little an idea at the lab to like a real <laughs> product that's being manufactured and sold so and you know I I hope we can um have that continue to grow and like get into uh like kind of the long list of things I'd like to keep on doing to expand that as a like not we have like one version of it but we could make different versions that's like you know appropriate to different you know like we have it for like kind of designed for one water container like as the receptacle for the filter but like look at different types of um water containers and you know just kind of like keep on making different options and having that grow that would be pretty cool <laughs> And the target remains um, the people that don't have access to clean water, or is there a view of using that also for, for example, travelers, people that go out on adventures? Uh, the uh, main goal, though, is for like the kind of the working class, the so-called base of the pyramid, which is not the bottom of the pyramid, but the one step up. <laughs> um, Those who can afford to pay yeah, for water. Filters. Yeah, the the bottom of the pyramid are getting. Um, you know, stuff given to them from aid groups, typically, or, mm -hmm. you know, along yeah. those lines. Um, You're not working with them for distribution of your system, um, of your solutions? No, not right now. Obviously we might be interested in the future, but I think, like, one of the challenges that we, we had talked a lot to the UN Humanitarian Response Depot earlier, in, um, a few years ago now, and the challenge is you need a certain level of scale of your product to just make it and have it sit in a warehouse until they ship it out to wherever it needs to go. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's not like your first customer, <laughs> it's a later phase one, but it could be right, a good customer right. sometime down the line. <laughs> what are the challenges into the scaling of uh, folio water and, and the, what do you need in order to yeah. achieve your goals? Well, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the biggest thing that we work on with the scaling of folio water right now is just like making sure that we can make everything as cheap as possible, to be honest, but also right. good quality. And th those are like, you know, we look at different ways that we can reduce like input costs, reduce manufacturing costs and, you know, all of those things. And it's it, it takes time to develop that and like test it out and make sure it works as well as it did before. And you know, it's like late phase uh, commercialization, right? Where it's like, yeah, we can make and sell the product, but to really like make it so, you know, all the costs are as low as possible, that takes a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more time and energy. And it's, it's not the initial groundbreaking science side of it. That's, you know, but it's, it, it makes or breaks products, right? So. And what are your targets? What are you hoping to reach within the next three years, for example? 
I wish I had those slides in front of me to tell me what I'm supposed to say there. <laughs> Aspirational I mean, target. I, I, I I'm, I know that we'd like to get this around Bangladesh, definitely, you know, like to the greater Bangladesh, not just this couple of the target markets where we've been at. Um, and then I would say going into a new market would like start sales in a new market, not necessarily, you know, huge sales yet. But I would say that that would be a reasonable thing to do. <laughs> so what it's missing into the scaling into Bangladesh is that you're still trying to get the cost right and the production costs low enough that, that you can scale. So it's, yeah. it's the issue more on your side or is really having a distributor that creates the demand so the pressure is higher to meet the demand? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a combination of all of these right. things, right? <laughs> the sales, you, you, to start with, you have to like get people aware of your product. And obviously that is the mix of advertisement and um, you know, that sort of activity. So yeah, that costs money. It's not like <laughs> people automatically know you're a brand new product. You know, it's, you, you need to do like the push marketing to then later on, hopefully get the pull. Um, <laughs> if you could add, if you could get the help to reach that scale so what kind of help do you need right now if you could put out a wish what is it like one two three these are the things that I wish I could like clap my hands and get or that if anyone listening can get involved because this is what we need now do we need a partner do we need a you know is it is it the marketing do you want to do better do you want support in some areas where you're not sure well I mean I hate to always, I'm sure this is what everyone always says is, you know, having extra, um, uh, you know, funding to be able to do more of the questions that you have on your list always are helpful. Um, we ha we're in an industry that although paper is very, you know, obviously can be very sustainable, there's a lot of challenges because of it being, um, they're not used to working with small companies, they're used to working on big projects. So like a small order for them is a couple tons of paper, um, which not a priority. is like mm -hmm. a favor, asking mm -hmm. a favor. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, they like the project, the companies that we work with. So we do get things done, but it's, it's not the same as a, you know, somebody who's a big um, <laughs> Goliath or something in their space where they're like, no, we must do it this way. So, you know, we don't have that sort of presence. So it does make it challenging. Um, I mean, the same thing all along the way with doing manufacturing and sales and distribution is we're a small player and, you know, you can do things in certain ways more quickly, but then there's other things that slow you down. Like, um, you know, it's just getting on people's schedules and, you know, things like that and having, um, all of that just takes its time. <laughs> do, you, do you like to get but involved having... on the ground uh, in Bangladesh? Do you tend to go there or like you've done your due deal, you've done your years uh, there and now you kind of, we used to let the rest of the team deal with well, it. Well, it's, yeah, COVID has, uh, kind of made it. So we haven't gone to be honest since before then, which seems crazy now. I, um, but you know, I, I it'd be it'd be great to go back, but I don't know how frequently I I would be doing that. I, I spend a lot more time traveling to manufacturing sites in the U.S. <laughs> um, make sure that we have our product get made and be at the the right you know quality uh, metrics. Um, but you know, it's 
It, it'd be great to go back at some point. <laughs> we had our CEO, our Bangladesh CEO visit us like earlier this month here, which is oh, like wow. the first time he's come like literally to the US and to our offices here. So I hope like, it, you know, this won't be, with, <laughs> it won't be yeah, another few returned years. With a lot of inspiration, <laughs> I guess. So finally see how it's done. Yeah. And, uh, and the home base of yeah, yeah. the entire idea. So it's been a lot of years then when yeah. you think about it to go from, you know, this idea yeah. that you had when you were just studying to solve something potentially to yeah. the field yeah. and then product market, now company, now scaling. Um, if you could go yeah. back, what is it one thing that, it's probably more than one, but it's the one thing that you <laughs> think like, wow, I wish I had known that then because then yeah. I would have avoided a lot wow. of um, pain or wasted time or yeah. is there one that is like the biggest? I mean, there's so many <laughs> things. There's so many things. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, part of the challenge has always been trying to figure out the right path forward, which like, and I think this is true with a lot of like kind of new materials companies where there's all these different products that you could make but which one do you actually get started with and which one do you move forward with and yeah it always takes time to figure that out and it's I, I think maybe like you know certain things that I feel like we tried to do sales before the product was ready and I wish that maybe we didn't do it like that but at the same time people just saw the the book and thought it was a complete final product so it was like oh so you know like the it's like kind of like mixed feelings about well the book was good for these reasons and harder for us for these reasons because people just wanted to buy it and i'm like well you know we're not quite ready to just sell it we need to scale up that was all stuff that we did in the lab <laughs> so um so it's you know i i think like if I look at it from like a project planning perspective, if I had like planned a project the way that this happened, it, it seems like madness to me. <laughs> but at the same time, we did get things to advance. So it, that's the challenge I think with probably a lot of startups is that things don't necessarily happen in the orders that you expect it to. Definitely. And, you know, dealing with that sort of unpredictability or like, it, it can be but hard. The book so. was a great idea. I think even though you may think it was too early because you were yeah. not ready to go to market, I think it's what presented a yeah. product that could would have been otherwise perceived as useful but boring to market into an incredibly... Yeah. It's true, right? You know, mar go market a water yeah. filter. I mean, yeah, book. make that sexy. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to do that? And, and the book yeah, yeah. was the perfect vehicle okay. because it made it, it, it associated two different yeah. things that you know belongs to different worlds and brought in attention from a lot of people. Of mm. course, when you're then yeah. not ready to take advantage of the exposure, that's when you lose the momentum and then you have to go back yeah. and kind of recreate it. But yeah. would you say it was, I mean, yeah. from an external perception, I would have thought that it was more positive than a negative strategy. Yeah, yeah. It, it it definitely was very positive. It, it's just, I at the time, I was like, 
not very well equipped to, you know, navigate through all so of yeah, that. Where I guess the second I, question is, how difficult has it been for you not being born as an entrepreneur? This is kind of like a second life. Like you're the scientist and the yeah, inventor at the yeah. same time. And then you also are the person that yeah. is taking the product into the market. Um, did you, yeah. do you regret that? Well, or did you wish yeah, that you it, just stayed back doing no, the no. product isolated from that? Or, or is it something that you're embraced and, and love? It, it's very motivating to see the product to be something useful, right? So it's like if you're further away from that, you're, you know, it's more abstract that it could be something useful. So it's definitely been good to like see the and like interact with the consumers. Um, but yeah, it's like the kind of all these competing interests that's hard to balance, of course. <laughs> like you can't do everything, but you have, you have to make choices, of course. So you'd say, it, it's, is it still very hard to be an entrepreneur or is it like waves, waves of success um, and then back into the trenches and then wave of success yeah, and then back into trenches to scale? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you, you kind of take things as they come and, you know, you can plan for what you'd like to do, but there's also like unexpected stuff that happens that needs to be addressed and rethought about and you know that's i mean that can happen with any anything it's not <laughs> entrepreneurship but that's absolutely true um, <laughs> i think the final question is always like the big wish what's the big wish now what would you wish for yeah the big wish um you know it, i think like my big wishes are <laughs> seem like small wishes but i, I was like i just like a bigger you know, team and so we can have a bigger effort to do the work we're doing. Um, and, you know, take a little bit off my plate here and there. <laughs> like, I mean, how many people work between the U.S. And, uh, and Bangladesh? What's the size? Yeah, we have around uh, like around 10 people in each one. So it's not that big, but it's not yeah, tiny yeah. either. <laughs> so you'd wish to scale more humans to support in both locations so that yeah. you can just focus on yeah. what's more important rather than be dragged into yeah. every single yeah. conversation, I guess, yeah. <laughs> or a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, well, yeah. we hope that you're going to get to scale. I, you know, I'm a big fan of this filtration system. I, I, I want to see it everywhere. Um, if there's any way that we can help <laughs> other than just... Uh, sharing your story in the podcast uh, we you know we discussed a little bit what can influences for good do in telling the story better because I know yeah. that the challenge is when you're not focused that's on marketing when you're focused on scaling and uh, and you kind of start and stop um, focus on one thing at a time and unfortunately if you don't tell the story is what's going to sell the mm -hmm. filter basically more people course, knowing how, yeah. what are the benefits so um, let's stay in touch and talk about how maybe we can help and be involved into telling the second part of the yeah. journey of Folio Water. Um, it would be really nice <laughs> to, you know, be a little yeah. part, have a tiny, tiny little role into making this go in different ways. Uh, it would be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're really busy, so it's, uh, oh. I appreciate it incredibly. Also, after <laughs> so many years of, of meeting and then not meeting again. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for everybody listening, this was Terry Dankovic. This is Folia Water and Folia Materials. There'll be all the links to follow mm -hmm. and watch stories in the blog. 
um, on influencesforgood.blog and um, we'll be back here soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Influencers for Good podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If so, don't forget to like and subscribe. Also check our news platform influencesforgood.blog for more content about our guests or to collaborate with us. Thank you.